0: Hello and welcome to the Hobby Board Gaming Podcast. Now, we're sponsored by Quick Simple Fun Games When Fun Matters and the Dice Tower Convention, where gaming is a must. Now, in issues of complete transparency, I'm Patrick Havert. I actually run Quick Simple Fun Games and the Dice Tower Con. With me is Rob Yates, a famous game designer, and Anicita Freeman, a super popular artist in the area. Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff this year. We live in Tampa, Florida, and actually help run the Brandon Board Gamers Board Game Club, which meets at Cool Stuff Games in Tampa. Now, we're going to be talking about what we like playing, as well as several other things. If there's something you guys want to hear us talk about, let us know. You can reach us at info at hobbyboardgaming.com. Now, lots of games are going to come out this year. So is there anything in particular you guys are looking forward to?
1: Robotech. Absolutely cannot wait for that. Um, they have three of them. They're all coming out mid to late summer. Oh, I love Robotech. Love the anime. So when I heard that they're coming out with three new games, I had to read up on it. It was so awesome. Um, and we have one that's just a simple dice rolling game. It sounds like you're, it's really competitive, you know, you with against everyone else. That to me does not capture Robotech, considering that it should be more like your friends going against the big bad guys, not your friends trying to kill you and, and all this stuff.
0: But that's what Robotech is about, Anna, is you're <laughs> all inside of giant robots trying to blow the crap out of each other.
1: I wouldn't try to shoot my, my ace pilot friend over here.
0: Well, what if it was the difference between you winning and losing?
1: Uh, Then I'd have to kill Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Love you.
0: (laughs) Rob has a sardonic look on his face like he's just used to this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that one is um, Robotech Ace Pilots. It's two to four players. It takes about 25 minutes. Um, The other one is Attack on SDF-1. That's more cooperative play.
0: Now, yeah, so and people who don't know the background, what's SDF one?
1: That is the name of the uh, giant ship that they're on. It is I'm actually forget what is it. Um, do not know the exact name or the words. It's that not it the
0: Yamato, for. is it? No. <laughs> is is no? That one is uh, Starcraft. Star Blazers, I think, when they raise the battleship Yamato from the bottom of the ocean and turn it into a spacecraft.
1: Yeah, that's not the same. This is... Oh, okay. Super Dimension Fortress 1. That is what SDF stands for. Um, It's a giant ship that crash-landed on Earth. And over several... Like, I think a decade, it took them to repair the ship and get it off the planet. And,
0: And... And weren't they being attacked or Earth was being attacked or something?
1: No, they did not know that their ship was being looked for by the big bad guys, the Zentradi attack force, which are these giant humanoid type beings um, that are out to get the SDF and all the technology.
0: Well, is it like that one Assault on Titan where the giant guys are looking to eat them?
1: I don't think they're trying to eat them, but that is another set of games that I can't wait to play. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I haven't played Attack on Titan games. They look like fun. I think no. We did. I played um a deck builder.
0: Okay. I think. I'm think. i gonna have to look it up on board game.
1: I think it was a uh, Attack yeah, on Titan deck builder.
2: Same one that uh. What's that company? Crypto. Cryptozoic. Cryptozoic. Yeah, they published it. Use it basically a modified rule set. Of all their other deck builder games.
1: Oh, but that was fun though. I I liked it, but the one that I was thinking about that I wanted to try was, um, when you have this huge titan sitting in the board, and I think how it works is, you're gonna get your, um, guys up on the different parts of the body so you can try to kill it. (laughs) So, like, they have these contraptions that they wear and they swing, like, they attach themselves, um, Shooting like, like these... grappling hooks? Yeah, grappling hooks off of buildings and other titans and stuff. Just so they can get to the weak spot at the back of the base of their neck to kill them. That is the only way to kill a titan.
0: Okay. And if you don't, they eat you? Oh, yeah. Because I remember that was the one part when I watched like 10 minutes of the anime. The first part that I watched was just these people saying, Look out, look out, one's coming. And then one of the guys getting picked up and actually eaten during yeah. the anime. That was kind of a little gruesome and a little more than I wanted to deal with at the moment.
1: It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, not so good. The anime, awesome.
0: Okay, well getting back to Robotech.
1: Yeah. So that they're both all three of them are coming out this year during the summer. Um you have one where it's completely co-op to try to take down the Zentradi attack force the other one brace for impact is a two-way play you have your group of good guys and then you have like one or two players playing the Zentradi and um you get handed cards and you have to solve problems with your cards while the two bad guys are like constantly you know feeding through their deck and Taking these guys, taking, trying to take you out. Okay. Um, it lasts about ten minutes—a quick play. Not like the other one. The other one's like an hour and a half. So.
0: Okay. All right. Well. <clears throat> so I think that's enough. Uh, Rob, are you excited about that one? Not in the least.
1: <laughs> you will I, be because we're going to be playing it.
2: <laughs> I do not like anime, and that has no no interest. But, you don't but have, you have to like Star Wars, Wars Rebels, right? That's not anime. No, okay. it's just a cartoon. Yes, it's just an amazing, awesome cartoon. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I like that, and I like the other Star Wars Clone Wars one. Never got into that one. Really tried, but just
0: didn't grab a hold of me.
1: I'm going to have to watch it because you're like, I don't like it, so I probably will. I've never seen it. Well, they
0: basically kind of do something similar to Star Wars Rebels, but they tell the story that in the movie they basically condensed about 17 books into about a 12-minute time period. <laughs> and they kind of go through, like, Anakin growing up and becoming a Jedi underneath the uh, Obi-Wan and some of the adventures they had. The problem with it was is it they tried to aim it towards families instead of just telling the story. Oh. So some of the uh, beginning episodes are kind of strange, where, like, they're throwing in stuff for kids. Kind of like, remember when they did that cartoon movie about Jabba the Hutt's kid and his name is Stink or something like that? (laughs) No. No. When was this? (laughs) I mean, if you look up the Clone Wars cartoon movie, I think that was it. Or, like, just after. But I just remember it's like, you know, they kind of took all the adults out of the situation by basically trying to make it for kids.
2: Oh, kind of like that uh, Ewok movie they did back in the 80s. After Return of the Jedi came out, they did like a kid's movie f- or television special of the Ewoks. Oh,
0: dear. Was, that wasn't that horrible Christmas special, was no, it? No, it was something Which, by
1: different. the way, I saw, it was freaking hilarious.
0: It, now I can look back and laugh, but, you know, at the time when you were thinking, man, this is Star Wars and this is going to be the coolest thing ever, no. I kind of like the Simpsons version of Star Wars better. I'm going to be a Jedi tonight. <laughs> <laughs> simpsons did that i thought family guy only did the. no no family guy does where they actually talk about the movies this one is homer went to a science fiction convention oh i missed this one And <laughs> mark hamill was the guest on the show and homer became like his bodyguard
1: <laughs> oh that's awesome
0: and so homer's just like beating the crap out of everybody in the crowd to make sure mark hamill is not injured And then, like, they get pretty much all the way through the crowd and then back out. And then Mark Hamill goes, wait, I think I left my gum on the stage. So Homer gets back (laughs) and beats his way through the crowd back to the stage for the gum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but now that we're totally off topic. Now, and I noticed that you kind of were interested in that cooperative deduction games game Spy Club.
1: That looks similar to, what is it, Notes of... Or Letters from Whitechapel, is that it? Yeah. That's what it seems like for me when I was reading it. It sounds like it's for kids, so it doesn't have Jack the Ripper in it. But that's what it kind of sounds like.
0: But it is like just a pure deduction game? Yeah. Okay. I just Where want... you have
1: to find, you know, the culprit
0: is what they call him. Well, and I know IDW announced three licensed miniseries. The Star Trek Next Generation, Transformers, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I hope they're good. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I can care less about Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but if they mess up Star Trek, I'm going to have to cut somebody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, what... what, Oh, wait, the Next Generation one? Yeah. Oh, is that... Okay.
0: Now, have you liked any of the (coughs) previous Star Trek games? Star Trek Panic, I thought,
2: was freaking great. Oh. It was a great use of the license and melding it with mechanics of Star Trek Panic. It felt like you were trying to save the Enterprise from a real attack, like you're in the
0: episodes and stuff. I mean, I liked that one, and I thought they did a good job at turning Castle Panic into the Star Trek universe with like the switching of the shields and turning yeah. the ship. Turning yeah. of the was, ship was amazing. You know, I, I thought they did a really good job with that. The one I actually liked but I thought the components were super cheap. It was the one WizKids did. It was like Starfleet Captains, where you you just it came with two base races, the Klingons and the Federation, <clears throat> and then you could buy the Romulans to play three people. But each race had its own individual... Like, you'd get five quests, so to speak, or missions that you had to do, and they'd be completely different, and you'd never know what anybody else's were. So, like, as the Klingons, it might be, like, kill one Federation starship. You know, for the Federation, it might be explore three different planetary systems that have M-class planets. So, you know, you'd be flying around, and you'd see, like, a group of three or four Klingons kind of swooping over near you when you were in Star Trek, and it was kind of like, well... I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I don't want to die today. <laughs> so you might move away from them and things like that. But every day is a good day to die. But that was the one that had the cheapest components ever. I mean, it kind of had like clicks quality spaceships, uh-huh. which when you looked at them were pretty nice, but they broke constantly. Oh. And the cards they used was almost like worse than card stock you'd put in your printer at home. It was between kind of that cardstock and regular paper. And hmm. super thin. And they were hexes, so you couldn't sleeve them.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: So, basically, after playing it a couple of times, it's like certain cards started to get kind of warped, and they were the board that you played on.
1: Oh. How so long ago was this?
0: That might have been close to ten years ago. Oh. I'd have to look up on Board Game Geek its exact date, which I'll do now. But that one, I thought they did a good job... At making a Star Wars game. It was a long game. It was not short by any means, but because I love Star Trek and I love exploration games, for me, it it was a good one. Well, Rob, what are you looking forward to? Uh, Honestly, I'm not... uh,
2: Probably whenever the next expansion for Civilization comes out. (laughs) Because I really like that game. I know that came out last year. I'm hoping that another... Uh, hoping that the expansion for it comes out at some point, or hope that they do do one.
1: Yeah. I am bound to win a game of that. (laughs) I was going to win a game of that. (laughs) I was this close.
0: You were that close, and if I hadn't won, you might (laughs) have.
1: It was that Mike, I swear. (laughs) We're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to blow up.
0: I guess it was 2012 when Star Trek fleet captains came out and they looked like they've added the Dominion as well. Hmm. But for Star Trek, for like the Federation, you had characters from the original series and next generation. Nice. So you would choose and they'd each have like different abilities. So Kirk would have different abilities than Picard and things like that. And then you could attach them to certain ships to give the ships bonuses.
1: Can you mix your uh, crew together between yeah. the two?
0: Yeah, I mean, and they added the Dominion, which I guess was from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't get to play with them. I just played with the first three, but, you know, it was quite well done as a game and quite badly done as components. Oh. All right. Well, Well, they have
1: sleeves for those things now.
0: For hexagons? No.
1: Yeah, don't they?
0: I mean, I I can laminate them.
1: Oh, that's probably what it was that I saw then.
0: And then you just cut out around it. Yeah, okay. I've never seen a sleeve for a hexagon.
1: That must have been what I saw. Somebody laminated their stuff.
0: Okay, and before we talk about other stuff in gaming news, we're all sad to see the last days of Toys R Us. But if you want to get anything, now's your chance. They talked to one of my daughters the other day about how they're trying to get everything cleaned up and closed out by the end of May. They are not taking returns, but things are being slashed in ridiculous prices. It's kind of picked over, but you might be able to find something depending on where you live.
1: Some really nice uh, Christmas stuff, maybe, for the kids, like for stocking stuffers?
0: That, I mean, we, we just finished Easter last weekend, so I don't know how many people has kids have birthdays coming up, but Christmas is always a good one. Um, you know, so go get what you can. It's a sad day, but unfortunately, brick and mortars that refuse to adapt to the electronic media version of the Internet have a tendency to not do so well these days.
1: Yeah. They're going bye-bye.
0: All right. Well, so, and Japanime was making your your Robotech games, right? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I know... Rio Grande announced a couple of new games and a reprint, and they haven't really been making a lot lately, so Epic and Beta Colony are their two new games, and 1870 is going to get reprinted.
1: What is Beta Colony? I have not even heard of that.
0: Well, those are two new games, Epic and Beta Colony, so there's a little bit of information if you look online about it, but I haven't seen the game in person, so it's really kind of more of a press release and a few pictures. Mm-hmm. Now, Ares Games is going to distribute Pendragon titles in North America. Where's Pendragon from?
1: Well, it sounds like it's from Japan, but <laughs> <laughs> I have no it idea.
2: I mean, unless they're talking about the, I don't know, Pendragon. That, I think that's some ref- reference to the King Arthur stories. I, I, I don't know if...
1: Oh, well, yeah, I mean Uther Pendragon.
2: I don't that know is, if it's a series is... of games based on that or if it's a
0: studio called Pendragon that makes games. Well, there's a Pendragon game studio. And it was born in 2014. And... Well, they did Dogs of War is one. And Captain Sonar. Imperial oh, okay. Settlers. I don't know if they're they did them originally or they licensed them, but...
1: And I haven't played any of those games.
0: You haven't played Captain Sonar? No. I haven't played that that one either. Really? Because that got played, like, every week for, like, five weeks at at the gaming group.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never played... I remember because, you know, I've been playing other games, but, you know, that one just kind of slipped by. I think they were playing it last week.
0: Well, you need eight people. Like, they came out with a new one that you only need four people to play it. I like the eight-player version one better, even though I personally caused my team to lose the last <laughs> time we did it.
1: <laughs> Was there social deduction involved?
0: Not social deduction. There, you, Four of you are each on a team, and each of you gets a station in the submarine. Mm-hmm. And as the captain, you've got to tell people, like, turn left, turn right. But if you make too many movements in the same direction, you break the ship. <laughs> so you got to kind of go, like, left, right, forward, back. You know but you're not tracing a pattern over where you've been you have to move around the board and there's islands and things like that and you can't crash into them the first time i played somebody drove their submarine right through a, a island that <laughs> was on the board and so that threw us off by quite a bit in terms of trying to track them
1: <laughs> i'm gonna have to see this played because if you because from it's, what it sounds like is like you don't see the board
0: Well, one person is tracking out and, like, listening to the other team when the guy goes, like, north, north, east, north. You know, he's mapping that out.
1: The other side doesn't see what you're seeing.
0: Right. That's cool. I mean, because, like, I'm calling it out and one guy on our side is drawing it. Somebody on the other side is listening in and drawing it as well. Mm. And then they're doing the same thing. We're trying to figure out, and you have to be within like a few, like three spaces to shoot a torpedo at him and stuff like that, so.
1: Oh, know. that actually sounds like fun.
0: But both times I ended up like basically making us break down a couple of times because I had us going like west, 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 west. Something just popped. <laughs> we can't go west anymore. Okay, north, north, north. <laughs> Bang, something else is broken. And then surfacing basically directly in front of the enemy.
1: You did that?
0: I didn't realize where they were. (laughs) And my team was talking about it and saying, I don't think they're close to us at all. So then I surfaced and apparently it was like one space in front of them. So we died like two or three turns later. (laughs) All right. Well, what else is new that you guys are looking forward to or just in the news?
2: Well, you have Asma day they launched their entertainment division. So that should be interesting.
1: They're getting their hands in everything. Yeah.
2: By the time, I think by the time they're done, they'll pretty much control the whole industry. Well, are they
0: going to make movies and TV shows? Or are they going to basically just license all that stuff to make games with? It looks like they're basically saying, hey, we got
2: a division of our company that you bring your licenses to
0: us and we'll make games for them.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. All right. And now we're going to take a short break. Da, da 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 And we're back. Now, Rob, I know you talked a little bit about the Civilization game and what expansions you were hoping for. Right. So what does this one not have that previous versions have had? Uh, actually, previous versions of the Civilization game? Yeah, because I used to have Sid Meier's Civilization, mm-hmm. and it was a big game, but it was like super random, and then there was like tons of expansions for it. I don't even know how right. many.
2: Well, honestly, I've never played the original, any of the earlier versions of Civ. So, <gasps> oh! yeah. I've played tons on the PC and a bunch of the
0: new board game that came out, but I've never played the. Others well, the new, to compare. Yeah, well, the new board game that came out is definitely much better than any of the other ones. Because the other ones is kind of more like the video game where you just. You're exploring and random things happen, and they could be, like, really good, or you can get wiped out.
1: Ew
0: you discover a new civilization that's tech level is higher than you and that is now angry and attacking. <laughs> or you get a bunch of gold for free. Yeah. It sounds like the PC version, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I think the first one was a little more true to that, but I think this newer one, besides being more streamlined, is actually just better in terms of gameplay.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the other one sounds yeah. like you're playing against some random nothing Where you can actually play um, against other people. That sounds like this one is better for that.
0: All right, well, there's a lot of stuff going on in Kickstarter. I don't know if anybody backed Batman. I.
1: (laughs) I,
2: It. It looked cool. I love
0: Batman role, but I can't see paying that much for a game. I admit, I, I argued with myself about it, but because they said they were only doing it on Kickstarter and that there would be no retail sales,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I kind of had to order one. It was absolutely ridiculous, but that company was kind of all in. I mean, where, like, they would probably spent several hundred thousand dollars before they launched that Kickstarter, so if it had failed, they really would have been hosed.
2: Uh, I don't think they thought, I don't think they think, yeah, I don't think they thought they were going to fail because... It's Batman. I'm, well, yeah, one, Batman. It's a huge Batman. IP. Yeah. Plus, it was based off, I think, the Conan uh, Conan and Barbarian game that they had previously done.
0: Well, did you play that with me when I played it? No,
2: I haven't played it, but, I mean, I heard good things about it.
0: Well, but, it, it's a good Ameritrash kind of game. Like, I know we love Shadows of Brimstone, And we'll definitely be talking about that in a series, because that's one of my favorite games. And really, you can't get any more Ameritrash than that. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like that in terms of just running around being crazy as Conan and stuff like that. So, because the Batman one didn't sound like it. It sounded like it was a much more streamlined version and stuff of that. At least I hope so because otherwise it's going to be a very strange game. (laughs) You know, and what, just today, uh, Fireball Island launched?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I want to play that so bad. I remember, um, you know, when I was little and seeing that on TV and going, I want that. Can I have it? And my mom going, no, it's for boys. And me going, well, then I want to be a boy because I want to play the game.
0: Well, stuff like that and like the game Dark Tower. When I was a kid, my family could just never afford stuff like that. So I had to hope that some other kid would get it so I could see it. But Matt from our group, Hutch, he had a copy of Fireball Island, I believe.
1: I think he needed pieces for it, didn't he?
0: I don't know. I just, I remembered we played it once and it was kind of like almost impossible to hit somebody with a marble when you rolled them down the thing.
1: You have to aim for the head
0: well, but just a lot of times they have the pass that go down. Mm-hmm. And if you set yourself up in the right spot, it's like impossible for a stone to ever hit you. Oh, really? And I know at Pax Unplugged last year, they had one of the prototypes out, and it looks like they fixed that so they can uh, you can actually nail people with it.
1: Awesome. I can't wait for you to get it, because I'm going to play the hell out of that game. <laughs> I've been wanting to play it since forever when... The whole, like, oh, let's retro game and find all these games from, you know, years ago. And when I found out that Matt had one, I was like, can you bring it to game night? And then he disappeared. <laughs> I haven't seen him in forever.
0: No, his wife, I, I don't know. They're married or? Oh. Well, his significant other got a new <laughs> job. So he basically has to take care of the kids on the weekend. So he basically has almost no free time.
1: Duct tape and wall. I'm just saying. Okay, not everyone is a sociopath.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But no, he also, if you don't know the Tampa area, he lives about an hour and a half with traffic away from where we play in Brandon, Mm. because we're basically in the southeast corner of the city and he's in the northwest. Yeah. So I understand him not wanting to drive out on, like, a Tuesday or a Thursday evening and spend several hours in his car to play, like, one game. Yeah. But he did have some cool games, and hopefully, I'm pretty sure we'll see him at the Dice Tower convention. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you haven't bought your tickets, there's not many left, so go ahead and get some.
1: It is so much fun. I love going to Dice Tower. I really do.
2: It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Patrick is giving this this what the hell look. (laughs) It's actually really cool.
1: I have made so many friends just, you know, like I sent them messages on Facebook. (coughs) Are you going to be at Dice Tower this year? Yes. Bring this game. Bring this game. Bring this game. (laughs)
0: No, I mean, it's all about people playing. I don't get to play because I obviously work at it, but, you know, that's really what we wanted, just for people to come out and have fun and, and have a good community. I know there's other conventions where people are kind of elitist and don't want to play with certain people and things like that, and that's definitely not what the Dice Tower's about. We're more about getting people together to just play games and have fun.
1: I've met so many new people just last year. Just working the, um, the library, it was so awesome. That was fun, just doing that.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I mean, seeing all the new people and the gamers and people getting super excited about meeting, like, Tom and some of the other people who are celebrities on the Dice Tower network.
1: I got to meet some people.
0: (laughs) Well, last year I got to take a picture with Ignasi and talk with Eric Lang for a little bit, so that was pretty cool. This year's guest is going to be Rob Davio, so I really want to talk to him a little bit about Legacy Games.
1: We need to play more of those.
2: Yes. Somebody
0: needs to have a discussion
2: with them about Seafall.
1: Yes.
0: Well, I think he... I mean, but Seafall was more of a Euro game that just kept adding stuff to it. And people were kind of used to that pandemic legacy mm-hmm. game where just every time you opened uh, like a bunch of boxes and had, like things changed. And that one didn't quite do it. But
1: it was faster pace than Seafall we would spend all of what six hours
2: Yeah, we'd spend a whole Tuesday night a
1: whole Tuesday night with the one game and most of it was just sitting there going through the book and reading a passage and them deciding A or B so
0: well I mean I played it a few times and it was a little bit slow for me I mean in Charterstone it kind of was around the same style but at a much better pace I mean I liked Charterstone don't get me wrong I had fun playing it and we played it all the way through but some of the things that bothered me about it were halfway through a scenario you'd like get five or six cards and if you were lucky you might be able to use one of them Mm -hmm. and then all the rest would get thrown back into the main deck and shuffled up so it was kind of like a very strange thing. I mean, and you can save some cards. Like, the more you lose, the more stuff you can save. But, you know, it, the last few games seemed kind of almost pre-programmed for us. Just because the deck was so thick at that point that, like, if you took somebody that needed a specific thing to happen to do better, you might never see that come out of the deck. So, I thought it was really fun, and we were having a lot of fun with it up until around the 10th out of 12. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like Legacy games. I admit Pandemic Legacy has spoiled me for the other ones. Just because every time you open stuff, because that was what the problem we had with Risk Legacy was not that it wasn't fun, but just because you didn't open stuff every time and sometimes you'd open stuff halfway through the game that would completely change the game. Oh, man, I know. And a lot of them were like, you have to win three times in a row. And it's like, the group I played with, nobody was going to let anyone win three times in a row. It just would never happen. Yeah, or it's just kinda...
1: one person, one time.
2: <laughs> that's kind of a problem we're having <laughs> with our current game of Risk Legacy.
1: Well, we only play it, like, once a year.
2: I know. Because,
1: but... And I don't know if that's just because... That's just how it's worked out. We play Eclipse a lot more than we play Risk Oh,
0: Eclipse
2: Legacy. is freaking awesome.
1: It is so awesome.
0: It is. I mean, and I like Re- Risk Legacy, but it's also using that old-style Risk mechanics that, like, a lot of the new Risk versions don't use. Like, Risk 2210 is probably my favorite version right now, just because it's five turns. Oh, really? So you can, like... It's almost like... Uh, small world, where every turn you get your reinforcements and you move out. At the end of your your turn, you score. Mm -hmm. And then other people do their stuff. And you fight over the earth and the moon. You know, but literally it's five turns and then the game is over. (laughs) So even if people play slow, it's like two and a half to three hours instead of five plus.
1: Mm. Gonna have to try that. Because I know... I like Risk. I like Risk Legacy. When I'm playing with the right people.
2: (laughs) It's not my fault that you put yourself out there
0: at the very beginning of the
2: game. I can have this conversation.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like, I, I like Risk Star Wars. They tried to kind of copy the Star Wars Queen's Gambit with like multiple things going on. The problem that is, is that you're rolling these dice and if one person rolls better than the other, they're going to win. It doesn't matter really what you do.
1: Oh. going to have to... Mm. No choices at all? I mean, like...
0: I mean, there's some choices, like, in Star Wars Queen's Gambit on, like, what you're going to do on your turn and, like, which area you want to fight in. But, like, if you need a five or a six on three dice and you roll none... Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. Right. All right. Well, some other news that's coming up is Tabletop Day is Saturday, April 28th. You can see us and a lot of other people at Cool Stuff Games Tampa. They'll be having big events that day. I know there's a small magic draft happening, but the rest of it's just supposed to be for us. So I plan to be there for several hours playing games and being rowdy and obnoxious. (laughs) Are there any games that you guys are looking forward to to play that day?
1: Actually, whatever anybody brings, personally for me, I don't. I'll play anything, but um, there's a few games I just I just don't want to play, and it's usually like Viticulture, Istanbul, and Euphoria.
0: Is it just because you played them too many times?
1: I just can't get into them.
0: Well, I just I've, Vit- Viticulture, I think, is a really good game, but now that I've played it with the Tuscany expansion. I don't want to play regular Viticulture.
1: I played it with both, and I just couldn't I couldn't get into it.
0: Yeah, the Tuscany expansion really makes the game pop. Well, and I mean, you don't play with everything from the Tuscany expansion, mm-hmm. but everybody now knows which parts to play with, so it's a much better game with that in it, much deeper. Um, that was a Jamie Stegmeier game, and probably one of my favorites from him. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about games we think are overrated. You know, and we'll see what people think (laughs) (laughs) so speaking about overrated games what do you think about anna that's an overrated game
1: everyone's gonna hate me for this or at least a lot of my friends are and i don't care werewolf werewolf is so overrated And I know it's a big convention game, and a lot of people like playing it, but there are other (laughs) things out there, okay? There's even other social deductions. (gasps) There are other social deductions that are just as good or not better. Finding out who killed who is not really, you know, like half the group. You can already look and, and point to, like, three people and go... Wolf, 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 and they're wolves, but no one votes for them.
0: Well, I usually end up dying in our group on the very first night because everyone thinks it's so funny to see me die right away. And Well, it later. is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, anytime- Unfortunately,
0: Werewolf and several other games in our group, I wear the Prima Targeto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, that is that is definitely an overrated game.
0: I I mean, if people like it, people like it. I mean, I admit for me, the social deduction part is a little more limited than I'd like because a lot of times it's just random guessing. That's all
1: it is. There is no, there's no intelligent information that you
0: can get. People in the group who know how to read each other do really well at it. And I'm really bad at lying so usually right away, if I get anything other than a villager, they pretty much kill me even if I'm the seer because they see that I have something that could help or this different than usual, which is why I like playing with all the different roles where everybody gets a special role, mm-hmm. even though that makes the game take much longer. At least I might get a chance to do something like the the little guy invented. the I invented the weasel, so uh-huh. he's going to get killed during the night. He actually points the finger at the person on his left or right and they get killed instead of him. And they can do that once in a game.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I mean, people have a lot of fun with it. And in our group, it's definitely huge.
1: Yeah. That's why I say it is overrated and they need to play something else. I would probably stay later. Usually if I'm staying late, I'll watch the game and I have fun watching it. But playing it, I get so much anxiety because I know that I'm always the third person to get voted in that night and I'm going to die. Because why not kill the third person nominated that night? It would be stupid not to. And I always am nominated.
0: Well, (laughs) but like I'll look around at people, Amber, and she'll instantly (laughs) point the finger at me and I'm dead. (laughs) Because when she tells people to vote, they all vote her way. Mm Mm-hmm. Shadow Hunters is almost the same thing. Ever since I started the random let's just start shooting people, <laughs> everybody copped an attitude because I wasn't playing the social deduction part of the game.
1: You weren't playing the social deduction part of the game of Burke's Gambit either.
0: It didn't matter. I was Dr. Kevorki and I was role-playing. <laughs> <laughs> everybody that was sick had to die.
1: But we didn't know who it was.
0: I knew who they were. <laughs> no, you
1: didn't. Did you? Yes! yes. Well, nobody's going to believe Every single one you. of them
0: I looked at, I saw that they were the red guys. They were the ASS players. And I killed them. But and
2: that then doesn't when I mean said, we I'm sick. killing
0: all the bad guys, we don't need to do anything. I've just killed all three of them. We just need to find whoever's infected. And for killing all the bad guys, I was then thrown out the airlock by my own crew.
1: <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs>
0: And that was the game that Rob designed, just so everybody knows, and we're straight up about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, now, I'm not biased when I say that this I will play no matter what time or day it is. If they're like, what social deduction game do you want to play? I'm going to say it. And it's not because it's his. It is so much fun. I've never laughed, or never not laughed, playing this game.
0: Well, it's a lot of fun, and there's actually information you can get to play, which is why I like it so so much when I we play it. It's just every time we play it, no matter who I am, people say that I'm on the bad guys team and they throw me out the airlock.
1: The only person you can't trust when you're playing that game is goat.
0: Okay, I killed Goat right away. Yeah I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even even if he's on the same team as me, I'd have to kill him because you just can't trust the guy. He he's he just plays however he wants to play.
0: Well, I hope that he and Tom play Cosmic Encounter this year at the convention, uh-huh. because now almost every week he breaks that out and wants to play it before Werewolf starts.
1: I haven't played that.
0: No, hey, you played have to... it one time. Did I? Yeah. Oh, you liked it. I did. The little
1: discs. Yeah. Or... Oh, okay. Yes.
0: And and you spend a lot of time arguing and negotiating with people about stuff. Right. To get it, yeah. And you know Goat loves that part
1: mm-hmm. But yeah that is, that is my number one Overrated game Is Werewolf
0: What's your number one overrated game Rob? Right
2: now Probably has to be Gloomhaven Because after we played it I was kind of excited going into it It's like okay let's see what all the hype's about And I played it And I was very meh After I finished playing it I don't know if it was just because it wasn't quite what, is it, what I was expecting from a dungeon crawl.
0: Cause well, well, I think that was a big part of it. Because yeah. we're all used to the Ameritrash dungeon crawls and laughing and killing stuff and falling into pit traps. And <laughs> this one was a lot more cerebral and planning out yeah. your deck and how your cards are going to get played and things like that.
2: But not only that, I thought some of the compo- components were a little... Underwhelming for, again, being a dungeon crawler. I mean, if you look at the room tiles, they're basically just squares or rectangles with hexes on them, and that was basically it. There was no unique art for each different room. There was just different
0: sizes of the squares, and that was pretty much it. I mean, there is, but I just... I mean, even with Descent, a lot of times there might be different art for the room, but it just might be the shading of purple that's Mm -hmm. on it rather than, like, individual stuff. I mean, even Shadows of Brimstone has a lot of rooms that look pretty much exactly the same.
2: Yeah, but at least, I mean, all the rooms aren't square. There's actually some character
0: to the top. Well, there were a few that weren't squares that were but I guess like uh, boomerang-shaped like mm-hmm. corridors and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I liked it. I mean, I admit when we first sat down to play it, it really wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I was expecting it to be a dungeon crawl like we're used to with Descent and things like that. And it, it was really a much more tactical experience in which we needed to communicate with each other which we did not do well because there were three or four turns in which like, pretty much I did nothing except spend two cards because somebody was standing in the doorway and I couldn't get past them so there was really nothing for me to do.
2: Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't mind giving it another go just to see if there was something I was missing the first time around. Maybe to play a different
0: uh, class
2: but I just wasn't impressed with it. Well, some of the other
0: people I've talked to that really loved the game said that the Brute and the Thief, and I forget what he was actually called, his class, those guys are almost like must-plays, and that the one you were playing and the one Gary were playing were probably the two hardest.
1: (laughs) Well,
0: because he only had six hit points, and a random encounter before we went to the dungeon took three of them away from him. (laughs) So he was just constantly on the edge of death and then one turn, instead of running forward to join the fight, Alan ran backwards to grab money and pretty much let Rob die.
2: <laughs> but at that point, I was it was a sweet release, because I was totally done with the game at that point. Uh,
0: I think you had to sit there and watch us, though, for another, like, hour or so. It was fine. <laughs> All right, well... One of my most overrated games, and I'm sure a lot of people will give me static about this, is Scythe.
1: Well, but th- <coughs> mm. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, I thought the artwork on it was, was decent. I didn't think it was, like, spectacular in any way. I thought the gameplay was kind of boring. And I really dislike hybrid Euro war games. And that's what that one is at its basic core. You know, plus the fact that, like, when you're out exploring, a lot of times it's like if you get kind of messed up where you can only cross the river at a certain point, Mm -hmm. you can't explore and discover as many things as other people. And there's a lot of cool things that you can get from exploration. I mean, I don't think it's a horrible game. I just, with all the hype that came out about it and how it was, like, the greatest game ever... I didn't really see that. I mean, it was a decent game, but I didn't really think it was spectacular.
1: I think I I played it like after it was no longer really popular because I got it last year for my birthday. And when I played it, when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, thank you. But then when I played it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I didn't really hear anything about it. I just kind of, I liked it because I liked it.
0: Robert Geislinger had made a like prototype copy because they had print and plays that you could do to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I played it a couple of times before my copy even showed up from the Kickstarter. You know, and it just, like I said, not that I think it's bad or anything. Yeah. It's just with the hype that they gave it, it kind of was a little underwhelming to me.
2: Well, well I think what you need to do is try the other version that a fan made called My Little Scythe I don't know <laughs> if you've seen that or not I, have not.
1: I want that one <laughs>
2: basically they took Scythe and kind of trimmed it down just a little bit and turned it into My Little Pony
1: it's <laughs> awesome you should see the pieces it's so, I mean it's it so is... well
2: done graphically but I haven't looked at the rule set for it I've only seen the images of it and it looks amazing
1: it's it's definitely one when I saw it, I was like, oh, I hope this comes out. But
2: from the that comments I've read about it, like people it, like say it's a great introduction to Scythe-type games for kids and stuff. Because they pare, pare down the rules so much that it's much easier for younger
0: people to get into. Well, I'll have to look up what this is and see if I can print out some of the stuff for it. But- oh,
1: definitely have to use the little... The little uh, toy ponies.
0: Well, because, I mean, I love games that have exploration in them. Mm-hmm. Like, I like flipping the tiles and seeing what's there and things like that, or reading the stories. I mean, I really liked Above and Below by uh, Ryan Lockett.
1: I like that.
0: Games. Yeah, I really... That's a game I haven't played nearly enough. Well, I've played it, like, 20 times now. And the problem is, is all when you start playing it a lot, it, you'll get the same... Right. Right answers. So I bought like the extra book for it. I bought Aaron far, but I haven't gotten to play it yet. People said it's not really the same as above and below.
1: It's, it's like a completely different game.
0: Yeah. I haven't played it either.
1: I didn't get to play it. I played it with Billy and that's the one time he won something. So (laughs) when, when everybody was playing one player was like, go do this. Now do this. Make sure you do this in this order. And he won. So it was fun. I liked it. I played it through Billy.
0: <laughs> well, but it's another, like, where you're reading stories and exploring stuff that way, right? Yeah. Okay. But you
1: have this, like, map where you can go around on the map. So it's not just, like, up and down and this part and that part of the board. It's, it's not all It's abstracted. Over. It's... Yeah, it's very mappy.
0: Okay. And... Yeah. Another one I kind of wanted to try was that Legacy of Dragonhold. Is that the name... Where it's um, kind of like choose your own adventure. Right. Yeah,
1: um Adam has that.
0: Well, Adam said he played it and he really liked it, but some of the other people that played it and thought it was going to be a dungeon crawl didn't.
1: It's a very it, I, it doesn't sound like a dungeon crawl to me. It when he explained it, it does sound like a choose your own adventure. I do want to play it. I just haven't we've been I've been in other doing other games, but I might play it tonight.
0: Well, I know we've now been playing we've a, a lot it. of Shadows of Brimstone on the weekend. Yeah. And on Tuesday nights, I usually try to play new games and help playtest stuff. Like today's Tuesday, April 3rd, and we'll probably be playtesting some of the new cards for Muse Awakenings, which is the next in the Muse set.
1: I love that game. We played it, I played it second time last weekend.
0: I mean, every time I play it, I have fun. and, And, you know, it's one of the ones that even though I've played it hundreds of times,
1: I made Rob hum last week, it was so much fun I still, yeah I made Rob hum Um, last week when we were playing it And I still do not Understand how Mike was able Did Mike pick out the card for that? I think that was yeah. the only one that he wasn't Able to
2: Yeah, I don't think he got that one
1: But that was funny, he was like <laughs> And he picks I-, I think he thought you were humming Like, who let the dogs out or something
0: yeah.
1: And I'm like Oh man, that yeah, that I ain't gonna work.
0: <laughs> I have no I can't carry a tune for nothing. No. <laughs> well, but that game makes me laugh also when somebody just gives a really bad clue and nobody on their team is getting it, but they get the card right anyway.
1: I know <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Wait, my, okay. Mike gave the clue of this, just doing this up and down with his finger, looking like long uh rectangles. And I'm like, oh, he's never going to get this. This is so hilarious. Rob picked the card. I'm like, how did you get that from a rectangle? How? <laughs> I, I, it's just amazing. You guys must be on the same weird wavelength. I'm sh- <laughs> well,
0: I don't know if you guys have seen, like, when they were playing at the Dice Tower Live and Jason was giving the clue and humming, and he looked like he's having a stroke. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like humming and like getting super intense about it, and it's like <laughs> nobody knew what he was doing. Nobody <laughs> knew what song it was, and he's all afterwards, it was really obvious it was "Run to the Hills" by Iron Maiden. <laughs> and then uh-huh. the looks that his team gave him pretty much let them know that that was definitely not the song they thought it was.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna. I want to play test that tonight. Are you having, are the clues like that you have to give harder with?
0: Well, we put point systems with it, so the harder clues are worth more points.
1: Oh, because when I was reading the cards, it's like non fictional ch- piece of furniture, non fictional character, non fictional whatever. And it's like, I would like to see something that is more fictional, something a little bit more involved than.
0: Well, the fictional, the problem is, is, like, you can say, it's a turkey wearing a hat book. You know, because it's fictional. Yeah. So, unless we can say, you know, drawn from a piece of literature or something like that, because that was the first thing we noticed when we were playtesting it to begin with, is that if we didn't say non-fictional, that people would say whatever they wanted. Oh. And kind of, you know... It wouldn't be cheating, but it was kind of just kind of taking it, not playing the game with the spirit it was intended. Oh,
1: I hate those people. They ruin everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, did you guys look up the possible Extra Life 24-hour gaming?
2: I've looked up some information on it. i got to dig a little deeper to find out, like, if we can run it any time or if it's a certain time during the year that it happens. I... Uh... But... Yeah, it's something I definitely would like
0: to get going. Well, I mean, we could do it for something other than Extra Life and just raise it for, like, the St. Joseph Children's Hospital. Yeah, you do not
1: have to do it during that day. I mean, you could do it during that day, but, like, you could do it at any time. I don't see why.
0: Yeah, I know. All right, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, We'll see you in a couple of weeks. And this has been the Hobby Board Gaming Podcast with Anna, Rob, and Patrick. Have a great night. Bye. Yeah. Okay, folks. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing recently. So, Rob, what game have you played recently that you've been enjoying?
2: Uh, just finally got around to playing Stone Age with the expansion for it. And I really like that one, the expansion on that. Added just enough to where it didn't really add any complexity to the game. But added enough new stuff to make you get some more interesting decisions, a little more depth to what was already there.
0: I agree. I mean I that was my first time playing the expansion for it. I mean I always loved Stone Age as just like Well, that was my first time playing the expansion for Stone Age. I really liked it. I liked the fact that when you went to food, you had more options with the, the bone jewelry and things like that. Like you said, I don't think it broke the game at all. If anything, it kind of gave some interesting twists that you had to have jewelry to complete certain things. Um, uh, like I said before, I, I think Stone Age is like the greatest pure like worker placement game, and I've always really enjoyed that. Uh, worker placement is one of my favorite things, even though I lose a lot at it. It just, uh, you know, it didn't change the game. Still, the cards were what really what scored people points. You know, the buildings were the secondary scoring thing, and none of that changed.
2: Yeah, I think at, when we were doing the final scoring for the game, I was actually in first place pretty far ahead of everybody else. And I think Gary was in the very dead last and once all the cards were totaled up he like zoomed past me by about 50 points
1: he's a wizard
0: well he also got probably two-thirds of the deck of cards that we had yeah (laughs) (laughs) one turn he got all four of them (laughs) (laughs) so no i mean the cards i think are important in that game maybe a little more than i'd like but it's still a good game and the expansion just made of that a nice little twist to it yeah Um, I mean, one of the things I played recently that had a nice little twist to it was the new Kingsburg version, which comes with a whole bunch of stuff in it that my old version of Kingsburg, even with the expansion, didn't have. And it made it much more interesting because you can play with, like, seven rows instead of five, I believe, or whatever it is. There were more rows of buildings. And it really was nice that A lot of that stuff was built in. It still had the exact same mechanics as previously, where you play through the three seasons, and then you fight whatever monsters show up. And, you know, again, we laughed. I mean, Alan spent all of his money buying troops at the beginning, and at the end of every year, they go away. And the last couple of turns, he's, I don't need to do that. And then giant monsters would show up, and he'd be the only one that would lose. So. That made me laugh pretty hard.
2: <laughs> well, I've never played Kingsburg, but now that you mentioned giant monsters and having to buy troops to fend them off, I think I'm going to have to try this one out. <laughs> well,
0: at the end of every year, you fight monsters, and like there's five years, and the monsters gradually get tougher. So at first, you might be fighting like goblins or skeletons, but. Oh, okay. By like the fifth year, I think we were fighting demons. You said giant monsters. So I was thinking like kaiju or something like that. <laughs> 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 no, to bring I got mean, my mech, and we're we're back in the Middle Ages, so you know it's not exactly like if a kaiju showed up, we'd do anything other than be eaten by it. <laughs> 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 well, what else have you guys played that's been good?
1: I like Eclipse. I don't know how many people like Eclipse or have played it. But I absolutely love it because you have that explore- exploration. Um, there's some combat in there.
0: What's well, it's a 4X classic. Yeah.
1: Now, you will get screwed if you pull the wrong tiles and place them down because there's been a few games where um, several people that I've played with have just pulled blank nothingness around them. And so they can't explore. They can't get resources or anything. They're pretty much stuck. Um, I've never had that problem. I have always found something, and I have always ended up in the middle with combat. So,
0: Well, I've played it a few times, and the first time I played, one of the guys that we played with, Dr. John, got screwed that way. But he ended up building up his technology... So when we got to the last turns of the game, his ships came out and just started blowing the hell out of everybody else's, and he won the game super easily. I mean, he almost had twice as many points as the person who finished in second. Nice. And it was really just because he would show up with a small ship, and somebody would have like two medium-sized ships, and his one ship would blow both of those away. So that made me laugh pretty hard and made me realize that expanding and getting the resources may not be as important as getting your tech levels up.
1: Also, we played with them, um, like, we play with the expansions. Mike bought it off Kickstarter and he bought all the expansions. So um, every time we play it, we add a new piece of the expansions and everything. I think I found my race. They're way overpowered, and that's why I like them. <laughs> you can. Um,
0: so you're a racist.
1: <laughs> they can buy. You can. You can get. So one what you're saying
2: fit. is your race is superior to all others.
1: Oh, it definitely is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how that sounds. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's it's really cool. Um, each race does have its own special little thing about it. Mine is that. All the resources are the same resource. I don't have like three different ones. Um, And I can take my ships and combine two to create one larger ship. So if I was to build the biggest ship and just go for that one, I can break it down into a bunch of little ones. And that's how I won. Did I win that game at Dice Tower last year?
2: No, Squirrel won that.
1: But I beat the crap out of Squirrel, though, before he won. So that is what I remember. <laughs> and,
0: and that's the part everyone remembers, is beating the crap out of Squirrel.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was like, I'm going into your territory. And I'm like, oh, okay, come on in. I only have two ships. And and then they exploded and, and just dis- destroyed his military. And um,
0: <laughs> But yet he still won.
1: Yeah, well... I got to beat the crap out of him before that happens. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I totally saw where that game was going early on. So I was like, you know, let's be friends, Squirrel. I want to attack you, and I'll I'll just watch your flank. I'll make sure nobody comes in over here. Yeah,
1: he was, like, out for blood. I was, I was trying to keep to my spot. I wasn't going to attack anyone or anything. I just wanted to work on my one little thing. But he wanted to start rolling over people. And I wasn't going to let him into my space.
0: Well, we've been playing quite a few different games recently. I mean, I know we've played Shadows of Brimstone. Anna is quitting the group because her character stinks and is constantly insane. It's
1: horrible. I don't get to do anything. I get to stand there and go, "Ah, ah, and then, you know, hover over in the corner, rocking back and forth.
0: You share in the loot we all get, even though you're insane. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But I don't get to do anything. I literally fell asleep. Most times we were playing, I was like...
0: (sighs) It's not our fault you chose the worst character and then didn't do anything to make it better.
1: I think the Indian can work them. If I have the bow, the Indian will be awesome. Well, you
0: also need to roll better because all those permanent sanity losses, you and Rob, really, that hurt you guys a lot. (laughs)
1: That was really bad. I don't know how
2: Actually, I've
0: recovered pretty well from that. Have you? Because I know you had like yeah. eight sanity when we started yeah, the last session. Yeah, back
2: to like 13 now, I think.
1: My character's dead. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because when I roll, when you go up in level, you roll 2d6, and it gives you your possibilities of what you can do besides picking a new trait. And every single time I've rolled, so I get a d6 worth of like bonuses to either my sanity or my health. I've pretty much been taking them all to sanity because we lose so much permanent sanity in that game. And if if you don't know about it, Shadows of Brimstone is the Old West meets Cthulhu. And I know it sounds strange and it's funny and it's very Ameritrash, but we laugh. Right now my character has a barbed tail and voices that constantly play in his head.
1: Don't you still have that chess
0: portal? Yeah, my character
2: yeah. has a chess portal where stuff can come out of during the middle of a fight. Now,
0: by stuff, he means more monsters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> apparently, other players uh, in the group have an issue with this.
0: We, um, don't, we don't like it. Everybody else got rid of theirs. Rob wears his as a badge of honor.
2: <laughs> my character gets bonuses for each mutation he has. I, why do I want to get rid of it?
0: Because monsters can come out and kill you. They literally come out of your chest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is there like a chance for that? Or is it like.
0: Well, if we roll what, like an 11 or a 12 on, on the. Hold
2: back the darkness. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which we have to do every single turn. The fact that we haven't ever had that happen to date it's amazing. It is, especially considering that we've had to roll probably like 40 or 50 of those each day mm-hmm. we've played.
1: Yeah. I it I think what I ended up being bored with the game the most is going into town. And I that was my fault because I didn't decide to go to the gambling hall. I wanted to get I wanted to fix myself up first before I walked through those doors and you guys were like let's go gambling right now and
0: well going into the gambling hall if somebody goes in and we play that whatever little satan game everybody else that's in there gets money yeah so i mean at one point i think one time we visited the town and we gambled for three days and i left with twenty five hundred dollars more than i went to town with and bought three things we
1: were in there for two hours
0: it was longer than that. I mean, it was it was too long. But you know, I did get like three artifacts.
1: That should just be a game unto itself. Like you don't even. Plus, do I got the corruption adventure.
0: and mutated. Yeah. See, and, and that that was all Rob's fault because he keeps saying he needs more mutations. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I do. Mutations Whoa. are awesome But Gary almost died of his mutations If I hadn't given him that card last time
1: Oh, he would have
0: died, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. remember that And it would have been hilarious
1: That would, it would have happened That would have been funny too But if you can always use a grit To re-roll, so you might not
0: No, die. he did re-roll with the grit
1: And he failed
0: well, yeah, he, he, got, like, he had like a second. He had three mutations, but he kept going to the doctor and the doctor it's like if he rolls a 1 doesn't like fix whatever mutation there is and he kept rolling ones. And he had no grit and he didn't generate grit very easily, so it's just kind of like he had like five bad mutations and one good one. Ew. So he had a <coughs> a decent chance like one out of 6 of dying every time he gets a mutation. And we both had, like, that barbed tail that ends up giving us, like, instead of five corruption, four corruption will make us mutate.
1: But doesn't it add, like, damage or something?
0: Well, it it gives you plus one combat, so I get to roll one extra die in close combat. But that's what (coughs) I was saying, is my guy can shoot three times, which is pretty good, but in close combat I have, like, seven attacks now.
1: Ooh, that's good.
0: I get like three base and then I have two weapons, one for each hand that each add one mm-hmm. and then my barbed tail adds one and I think there's one other item I have that like just gives me a free extra one. So it's kind of like if I'm standing next to somebody it's stupid for me to shoot.
1: What I really like about Shadows of Brimstone is the miniatures. I love them. They're so awesome looking and you have it for all the monsters. Except for the corpse pile, they need to add a a pile of zombies.
0: Well, I actually have a corpse pile from when I used to play Warhammer Fantasy. Uh It won't be on a circular disc, it'll be on a square, because I had a vampire count's army and they had corpse piles. So I have a couple of those and they're actually fully painted and flocked because I used to play in the tournaments for Mm -hmm. it. But uh, yeah, I mean, not everything had a miniature, but most of the stuff does. And because I kick-started it at, like, the ultra-super level... Yeah. And then I just got an email yesterday or the day before about the next block of stuff coming out. Because I guess the blasted wastes and one other thing are coming out. So I got a email saying, make sure you give us your address and pay for shipping.
1: That's awesome. Because that game is is just... I love the miniatures and the art for it and everything. It's really cool.
0: Well, I mean... It, I like playing the game a lot. I think one of its issues is the downtime when like you go to town. Yeah. Just because, I mean, especially when we're playing with six people, I mean.
1: That took forever.
0: Two to three hours in town when you have like seven hours to play is kind of horrible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but I did have funny stuff and get lots of money from it. <laughs> well, because that was one of the things that bothered me was that we'd like fight all those monsters And I'd come out of the cavern after, like, almost being killed and have, like, $300, some dark stone, which would probably mutate me. And then, like, every time I get an artifact, it's one that just says, can cancel the next mutation that you get. So even though I had, like, six artifacts, all they really did was when I rolled a bad mutation, made me throw it away. Yeah. You know, but in town, I actually made way more money for a lot less risk just gambling
1: there are house rules that they've decided to add well they say they're house rules but they do have some some new stuff out there that says you can change it, add these rules make it better, harder, easier, whatever
0: well it's getting harder just because Alan's now level 4 or 5 I know he's like 1 or 2 levels higher than everybody else so because of that now the next time we play we'll be fighting on the brutal side and the last time we played was, what like two of the monsters would have Elites. elite status, yeah. which makes them much tougher. And some of those monsters, I just—they're
1: hard as they're—they just themselves.
0: Well, just a regular monster would be like ridiculous and probably kill most of us. But
2: yeah, was it the Void Sorcerer? I think it was. It was just insane
0: was he the one that was like teleporting around and every time he like moved through a yeah. character did like three points of damage to them yeah. and they like always ambushed us and started in the middle of the parties they used just be <laughs> teleporting around like smashing everybody I just remember that because that one time I was in between both of them and was the only person who didn't get hit by it but they like knocked like two or three party members unconscious just by basically moving ugh You know, But, I mean, I think it's a really fun game. I mean, it's total Ameritrash, and it's like half role-playing, half dungeon crawl, all fun.
1: Yeah, if you don't like rolling dice, though, and don't have any luck at it, I probably wouldn't play it.
0: Yeah, if you're a Euro player, you would hate it. I mean, there's other stuff I would recommend, like Gloomhaven. A lot of Euro players I know like Gloomhaven simply because it is more like a Euro game that's cooperative than it is, like, a dungeon crawl.
1: Oh, there's one other game that I really like. Junk Art. I don't know, have you played that?
0: No. I mean, I have a copy of it around here somewhere, but...
1: It's full dexterity, but it's so much fun. And there's several different ways to play because they co- it comes with a book, and your whole thing is is that you are... Is this better? Okay, so the whole thing is is that you're um, going from town to town displaying your sculptures that you're creating. And there's different rules for each city that you're going to. So you're doing different things and you're playing against people. Sometimes you're trying to screw up your opponent's stuff or you're giving them harder objects to place on top of their sculpture that would probably make it fall. Other times you're just trying to, like, do um, a speed build, trying to build as high as you can, as fast as you can, get rid of your cards before everyone else, so they can't play theirs. But it's really fun. I've seen other people play it. It's fun to watch, and it's fun to play. I found it um, last year's Dice Tower that I wanted to buy so bad. I still do.
0: No, I mean, maybe I'll bring it tonight for gaming, but I just, I've never gotten to play it, so... Somebody would have to teach it.
1: Oh, it's really easy to learn.
0: Alright, I mean, anything else interesting you guys have played recently? Not that I can think
2: of. Nope.
0: Well, what did you guys play last week? You played...
2: Uh, we played uh, Yokohama. Yeah, we played that and... Castles of Burgundy, wasn't it? Castles, Castles of Burgundy yeah. with a new player. That's right, Yokohama was the week before. Yeah. Was the new player Billy's wife? No. no. That... She, her name is... Val, I think it was.
1: Yeah, it was Val. Billy's wife's name is Shannon.
2: And she had never played anything, any of the hobby-type games before. She
1: course. was looking forward to Monopoly. When we pulled this out, she was a little intimidated, but she came in second. So,
0: yeah. Well, did she have fun and, yeah. and yes. hang around, or did she leave as soon as the game was over? No, no she, she she played
1: um, Celestia right after that.
0: Yeah, we figured after that, we get a some nice game. and light. <laughs> yeah, I know that's... For a long time I used Transamerica as my game to teach people that were like new to the hobby, mm-hmm. but it's almost impossible to get people to play that who are in the hobby now. Mm-hmm. So there's other stuff like Splendor or, uh, what's the new Splendor? Century Spice Road? Yeah.
1: I kind of like that.
0: I mean, it's a decent game. I mean, I you know, it's not mind altering, but it's easy enough for people to grok. And be able to play, even if they haven't played a lot of those kinds of games before.
1: We should have introduced her to something much lighter, but... I think Celestia kind of...
2: Well, I offered, and she was like, no, I'm cool, I'll give that a try. And I'm like, okay.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope she shows up again tonight.
1: Me too, she was really fun. Enjoyed playing with her. She didn't seem like she was lost or anything. She picked it up real fast she had a few questions but she didn't she did not get frustrated which is a good thing because people that just come into the hobby or to try to play one of the hobby board games they can easily get frustrated i've noticed
0: well because uh, the mechanics are very different i mean that's why i liked trans america because it kind of let people wrap their head around i'm not rolling Mm -hmm. dice it's all based on the decisions i make even though it's a very light game and you can play it in 20 minutes You know, but uh, that's the hardest part is just finding something that people can grok and play and will enjoy the first time.
1: Yeah, once you get them hooked, they come back for more. (laughs) (laughs) Like a drug dealer.
0: (laughs) But once you get your kids hooked on board games, you don't have to worry about them having money for drugs.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It all goes into the board games. (laughs)
0: All right. End of session.